that by allowing our children to ask the questions, you know, teach your child to be polite, teach your child to say please and thank you. Absolutely. Don't trust that and trust that what they're going to ask us, it's okay and we've got it. And the only way we're going to teach people is by having those interactions and we yeah. welcome them. And if somebody with a disability does not want to talk right then, believe me, we have very strong voices um, or a way to communicate. And we'll just say, you know what? It's not a good time right now, but let me catch you over on aisle three when I'm done with this and let's have a conversation. This is the M Squared Podcast featuring author Miranda Mathis. You will hear tips, tricks, and inspiration that will help you raise and educate little ones who are happy, safe, and kind. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm producer Sarah, and with me as always is author Miranda Mathis. Hey, Miranda, it's good to be recording with you again. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing good. And we're also joined by the executive director of Mobility Dog, Janie Heinrich. So glad to have you here today, Janie. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm tickled to be here and it's wonderful to get to meet Miranda. So thank you for your time and energy. Thanks for being here. So in this episode, we're diving into a topic of disabilities and how important it is to encourage the right kind of mindset in kids when it comes to people they meet who have various disabilities. So Janie, before we start barraging you with questions, can you give us like a, a quick idea of who you are and what you do. Yes, Mobility Dog advances functional independence for people with disabilities through service dogs, education, and empowerment. And we always spell functional with a capital F, capital U, and a capital N. Love that. And I love you. <laughs> What's your history with it? Um, I needed a new service dog and realized that it wasn't a really user-friendly environment. So I knew nothing, just enough to get myself in trouble, but I knew I could ask questions. So we founded, I founded Mobility Service Dog five years ago. Oh, I love that. Awesome. You had a problem and you solved it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> problem solver, I love it. Let's get started. Kids say some of the craziest and funniest and Sometimes extraordinary things. What are some things you have heard them ask or say? And instead of shutting them down, what do you recommend parents should do or anyone should do? So um, we have a pause that empowers program. And we'll meet, I'll meet, prior to the pandemic, I used to meet children on the street a fair amount. And they would come up and run up and they'd say, oh, this is Heinrich may I touch your service dog? And maybe their sibling or their parents would be all over the dog and they'd say, no, you have to have proper manners. And you don't look at the dog, you look at the person. And um, one little girl and her brother came up to me once and he wanted to know, what are you doing with the dog? And his sister said, it's a service dog, look. And I said, she's right, it's a service dog. And he goes, why do you need it? You're, you can you're just like, you can walk. What's, what's wrong with you? And the parents were just mortified. <laughs> and I just put my hand up to the parents. It was just like, we've got this, we're fine. And I said, well, do you have a light at home, a lamp? 
and you know how you plug it in and the light bulb goes on. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, that's my light bulb doesn't always go on the same as yours because the cord, the connection's a little bit different. And she goes, yeah, <laughs> but you still look like a unicorn lamp on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yes, both awesome. disabilities are just the same. It's just the wiring is a little different and that's wow. okay. So wow. I think that just always tickled me. Oh, wow. What a <laughs> wonderful too. answer too. <laughs> and you're right. You know, when parents are out and they see a person with a service dog, they're quick to say, oh my God, no, get away, don't, don't touch, don't do that. So what you're saying is it's okay for a person to ask a question. Don't shoo them away, you know, let them understand what is happening because that's, a, that's something that we need to do more often. Let our kids be expressive and ask questions so they, they're not fearful or they don't grow up with a mindset of, don't do this or don't do that or have this prejudice against the person with the service dog. So very good answer. Very good answer. Yes. I find that um, people, when I, I was in my chair for a long time and, and with my dog now and our different people, we welcome children to come up and talk to us. You know, um, we've been brought up in an ableist society where we treat non-disabled individuals as the standard of what is normal. And by allowing our children to ask the questions, you know, teach your child to be polite, teach your child to say please and thank you. Absolutely. Don't trust that and trust that what they're going to ask us, it's okay and we've got it. And mm -hmm. the only way we're going to teach people is by having those interactions and we yeah. welcome them. And if somebody with a disability does not want to talk right then, believe me, we have very strong voices um, or a way to communicate. And we'll just say, you know what? It's not a good time right now, but let me catch you over on aisle three when I'm done with this and let's have a conversation. Oh, excellent. You know, that it's, it's important for them to understand because what it teaches, it teaches them tolerance, it teaches them empathy, and it teaches them compassion. Mm. And while we can tell them what it is, if we're not experiencing it, and if our parents are not living that, they have no way of learning it. You know, learning tolerance, compassion, empathy, equality from a textbook is much different than walking down the street and learning it. So I would highly recommend all the parents and the teachers and the caretakers and the grandparents and everyone out there that when you have the child, trust, trust them that they will say the right thing. And if they don't, it's okay. It's how we learn together. And only through those conversations. And then what it does is when they go to a playground at school or when they're going to the opera or if they're down at the train station or if they're down throwing pebbles and they see someone different than them, be it physically, mentally, culturally, you know, any, anything that's out of their realm what it does by allowing this to happen is it allows them to look at everyone as an individual. Yeah. And it just, it's really strong. Thank you so much for explaining that. That was, it, it's very enlightening, you know, um, the information that you just provided. 
Um, and it, it, it just will put a lot of parents at ease, a lot of people at ease. So thank you for providing an explanation to that question. I do have another one. What are some things people can keep in mind and try to remember when they are with someone who has a disability? Um, don't always try to do things for them. Do things with them. If we need help, we'll ask. Don't assume just because I'm moving different than you that you need to go slower. Just let walk at my pace. And, you know, constantly, do I need to go slower? Do I need to get this? Oh, let me do that. And it's, you know, they're just trying to be polite. But, you know, just let's have a conversation. Let's just talk about. And if we need something, we'll let you know. Um, I think something that's really important is to remember something we talk about with when we train our dogs. And I'm not saying anybody's a dog. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just, it's a wonderful example is we say that, you know, guys, watch your baggage because everything you have goes right down that leash. And I think as caretakers and as lover of our children and little ones, we need to remember all everything goes right down that arm. So if you've got a prejudice, if you've got a concern, if you have something uncomfortable, that it goes right down your arm to your child. Wow. You're right. You're absolutely right. Especially when it's children too, because they're looking at you, they're mirroring you and your dogs, they're feeling that energy as well. So, wow, that, that's... Oh, wonderful. Oh my goodness. I'm loving this. <laughs> so, so tell me this. Does your dog have a name? Do you call it female or male? My my service dog's name is Beckett. Beckett? Uh-huh. It's Samuel Beckett. He was named Samuel after Samuel Beckett. Beckett. And um, I've had him for five years. Before that, I had a service dog for um, well, I've had a service dog since 2010. Okay. So why do you think it's important for children to intentionally engage with um, people who have disabilities? Because then they're able to learn on their platform. That's true. And when a child is able to bring something in from their own innate question and their own curiosity, mm-hmm. it allows it to stay in their heart forever. And they're able to just share spontaneously and interact. And it's natural. It's not, you know, it's not, um, oh, I spent 10 minutes with so-and-so because, you know, and I was able to help them. That's not, they don't, that's not how they come. They come at it as, wow, I had a really fun conversation yeah. with my friend. Yeah. And, it's, and it, just, it just changes it. So when the child initiates it, it becomes that friendship and just a natural flow as opposed to, well, you know what? You really need to go spend 20 minutes with our neighbor because she has a disability or he has a problem. You know, it's, it's that, you know, no, they're going over and spending time with their friend and they're able to ask any questions and they can trust that. And then everyone can move forward with a plum together, you know? Excellent. 
Excellent. You, I, I can only agree with everything you're saying because it's just so important. And I thank you for sharing all this information with us because it's, it's very enlightening. Um, I know for me, if I see someone, I'm quick to go and want to help and pick it up before they do. So thank you for sharing that. You know, you're right. If I was, if I was, if I had a disability, I would want you to let me try first. Let me do it. <laughs> you know, like don't treat me any differently. If I'm having, like you said, if I'm having an issue, I would ask, can you please help me get this? So, you know, saying that, I appreciate it. I really do. I'm so happy you're here. Um, how do, or how can we recommend parents to do these types of things? And when our kids see people with disabilities and service dogs, should we um, recommend a conversation or an engagement just so that they can be enlightened and have an understanding. Right. I think through example, through their actions, you know, those little eyes and those little yeah, looking, yes. They're not missing a beat. Nope. It's not see everything. Yeah. And I think just by engaging and not making a deal about it. Yes. You know, not, um, and not saying, oh, we don't pity ourselves. We don't, you know, this is our life. Yes. And you know what? We're going to live it and we're going to dream and we're going to live it full and big. And, you know, this is what we know. And I think just by expressing instead of, you know, saying, oh, you're in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. It sucks sometimes and it's sad and, you know, tragedy and accidents and all those things are devastating but you walk past that and you're in the moment mm -hmm. and just to you know just to show those actions by by being friendly and by being aware of your words and how you use them because yeah because they're puppets kids, kids yeah. say the darndest things that's true yeah. but yeah. let i i believe instead of having the parent correct it whoever the child is speaking to should be the one to make that correction or share their information, not the parent pushing them to the side and, or scolding them. No, let the person have a conversation with the child, just like we're having a conversation now. So before we wrap up, um, Janie, can you tell us a little bit more about your personal story um, and why this is so personal to you? And also, share what you do a little bit more about the dogs if you have time and maybe how people can get involved any resources I know that's a lot I just threw at you but <laughs> I'll remember it <laughs> okay. well, thank you so start off with tell us some more about you and how you got started everything well I had a traumatic spinal cord injury um a crate fell on me and um, life changed and I just kept going and just kept learning and my neurologist and physical therapist and spine specialist said you are so stubborn you won't ask for help what about a service dog and it was like you know what I've got a dog but I can't take care of myself right now so anyway long story short the home health care nurse um, occupational therapist um, bought me driving 
and took my two-year-old standard poodle that was a gift, 50th birthday gift for my kids, for my kids and husband. And we had her trained. Oh, wonderful. And it was just, it was just worked. When it came time to retire her, it was interesting because <laughs> I got rejected because they would have to replace the dog. We, we homed the dog and I was like, why? Oh. I was like, oh my goodness, you're giving me a time limit. <laughs> it's wow. And it was like, well, you're a, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it was like, so I knew enough to get myself in trouble but I also know that I'm okay asking questions and that if I don't know something I'm okay saying don't have a clue let's figure it out Mm -hmm. so I thought about it for like two months and I said no we're doing this and so we started mobility service dogs west coast project and we have 24 there's you see all of our little dogs up there we have 24 service dogs with their forever handlers. We have five, um, two that are getting ready to be placed, three that are with their puppy raisers. And we have an amazing organization of loving, caring volunteers. It's 100% volunteered run. And um, we advocate for people with disabilities with or without a service dog. We have weekly classes, workshops online, and um, newly disabled people that, you know, they they go through rehab, they come home and it's like, see ya. Mm. And there they are in their apartment or home, like, okay, now what? <laughs> um, so we have a group that they come and we give them phone numbers and connections in their community so that, you know, they can roll or walk out that door and live their life. And we honor the medical community, but... Okay. We honor everyone's dreams and Mm -hmm. they can't live by what the doctor says always. Mm -hmm. I say that, you know, most respect, they need to find their dream and live their full life. So that's kind of what we do. And it has been an amazing, unbelievable journey. And we do pause that empowers in the schools and the schools that we've done it in tell me after we've been there for a while, after been there a couple of years, they see a difference on the playground. That the children understand tolerance and empathy and compassion. And mm-hmm. there's not as many kids sitting by themselves or there's nice. not kids being bullied or outcast because they, Wonderful. See, they see it differently. Wonderful. So and what's the name of your, your company, your organization? And, and also if, if there's a website, you can give us that information as well. I would love to. It's mobility, <laughs> mobilitydog.org. Perfect. Okay. Okay. All right. So add it to All the right. And you said you have classes online? Is there we, a certain We do um, workshops. Um, you have to sign up for them. We do, um, we come, WAGS comes to people's businesses and restaurants and teach them about real service dogs, not fraudulent okay. service dogs. Right. Um, and yes. So and they can find out all of that on the website. Everything's on the website. Yes. All and right. And here right. we love. There you go. So, yeah. Okay. Schools and donations. <laughs> See, there you go. Thank you so right. much. I know you had another resource that we we discussed on our initial phone call. Do you mind sharing that right now? A little bit about that. So, um, 
just something to remember, always look people in the eye. You know, so many times they're looking at our wheelchair, they're looking at our device, trying to figure out what's, what's going on with you. But <laughs> work with me and do with me, not for me. Work with me, not on me. Mm. Ask me, don't assume. Know me by my name, my strengths, my abilities, my hopes and my dreams not by my diagnosis. Wonderful, wonderful. When you see, meet, or think about a person with a disability, presume competence. Mm. Equal, not special. Recognize and celebrate ability. Your words, attitudes, and actions impact my life more than my own disability. Love it. Love it. Oh my goodness. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Lola has come and joined us again. Hopefully she won't bark. But she heard we're talking it. about dogs. Yes. Yes. Thank so you. So I have awesome. one more thing. We always ask for a couple action items at the end of the podcast so that people can take them and run with them and start making use of this information that we're learning on the podcast. So what are one or two things parents can try this week to help teach kids about disabilities and raise empathic little humans? And is there something that teachers can do as well to encourage this? Yes. Um, next time you're with anyone that is different than you, don't take that wide berth. You know, just walk right next and engage. You know, engage by hello and see where it goes. Mm. Um, talk about it talk about things talk about what is a spinal cord injury you know, what is um, MS what is cerebral palsy what what happens when a person you know becomes disabled you know what is a wheelchair why do they all look so different um, what are those canes what are those funny crutches that come clear up to the arm you know, and their arms go in and, and, and they walk like a giraffe. You know, why, why do they do that? You know, just talking about, talking about the things, making them normal, making them just natural, a part of conversation, making them the standard that everybody understands so that everybody on this planet is considered normal. Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. I know we're about to close, but I don't want to let you go. <laughs> Thank you. But I, oh, wow, this was so, this is awesome. This was awesome. I just felt so um, happy, you know, in a sense of, because I was one of those people that when I saw someone in the aisle would walk to walk around you know, giving them space, you know, not knowing that they feel uncomfortable with my positioning, you know, because I'm thinking I'm trying to help them out when, no, Miranda, you, you, you're making them feel uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable. I mean, it's normal, you know, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the information you provided. I really appreciate it. I do. I do. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Just real quick, you know, a lot of the playgrounds are starting to have um, equipment on it 
that people can do swings and they're having ramping. You know, that's another, you know, just with their feet kicking in the sand and the most natural thing, just talk about, do you know what that swing is for? Do you know why it's all going nice. You know, just little things like that. Oh, also, I like that. Would be yeah, I do too. I do too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for having me. What a treat to meet you both and to have this time together. I'm honored with your energy and what you do for parents and teachers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Head over to msquarebooks.com where you can find all the latest books and hear about upcoming events like live readings. See you next time.